biggest thing that they can do is get pre-approved. Last time we talked about the difference between pre-qualification and pre-approval. Really important that they go through the full pre-approval process. So barring any unforeseen circumstances, like a change in their financial situation, they are going to be able to get that loan. The other thing that buyers need to be aware of and prepare for is that if that home does not appraise for whatever they offer, an appraisal is required for that particular loan, they have to be prepared to make up the difference in cash. Welcome to the Community Conversation Podcast presented by Community America Credit Union. We have a compelling and impactful story to tell, and our goal with these conversations will never be to sell you something. We would rather have an important discussion with our very talented employees, leaders, members, community partners, and experts from a variety of industries and causes to help educate and inform you. Stay tuned at the end of the podcast for some important disclosures. Welcome back to another show of the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. I'm your host today, Justin Rickliff's friend and partner of Community America Credit Union. We're excited today to talk about the state of the mortgage market. And we are joined today by Jackie Reed, a familiar voice on the podcast. How are you, Jackie? Doing great. Thank you. Jackie is the manager of Branch and Outbound Mortgage Sales, and we're excited to have her back on. And we're joined by a new guest today, Jane Coppinger. Jane, give us a quick intro about yourself. Oh, hi. I am Jane Coppinger. I'm with Reese Nichols and the Kaylor Bortnick team. I've been doing real estate about nine years, and I'm happy to be here today. Excited we're, to talk. We're glad you are here. Thanks for joining us. Um, so to set the stage real quick, we're we're obviously here in spring. The the the, the weather is finally turned, and we're grateful to uh, longer daylight hours and, and having some sunshine and and, uh, and nice weather. So the, the today conversation is about the state of the mortgage market. So uh, at times, buyers can become discouraged. There are, we've heard um, horror stories at times about bidding wars. Inventory might be sl- might be um, small and, and, and limited. And although the market could be tough to navigate, there, there are certainly going to be ways we're going to chat through today about how to set up home buyers for success by understanding these market conditions, setting clear expectations, and, and learning more about relationships, frankly, like, the, like this relationship, um, how that may be beneficial and helpful on their home buying journey. Does that sound like ground we're ready to tackle, Jackie and Jane? Let's do it. Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. Let's do it. Um, inventory. Let's just start there. Uh Talk to us about the current state, uh, especially in Kansas City, about what is the inventory conversation? How do we begin? Well, I think that um, we were definitely in a shortage of inventory, and we kept thinking it was going to get better through COVID, but I think people were fixing up their houses and deciding, you know, we're just going to stay here. Um, and so the people who are wanting to get into the market or move up are like, we need a house to buy, and there just aren't that many. Um, so I just think that we're hoping for more this spring to come on the market, um, more builds to happen. I know it's been hard on builders also with um, shortages and things like that, but we just keep hoping it's going to open up and more people will find a house to move into so they can sell their house. <laughs> and to Jean's point, you know, during COVID, rates on the mortgage side were so low that many homeowners 
we're really tapping into that equity, taking advantage of the cash out opportunities to make improvements to their house. So just like she said, I mean, a lot of them just made the decision that hey, I'm going to stay in this house and I'm just going to make it into what I want. Make it work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And it's interesting, the the home that, you know, maybe at one point was it, it, a full price offer was considered a luxury, right? Like, oh my gosh, I got full price. And now it's almost flipped. Now the a full price offer might be considered offensive to some, right? What are you seeing, Jane, and kind of on the streets day to day on that? Oh, I totally remember three years ago or whatever, if my client would be like, okay, we're going to go in full price. I'd be like, yes, this one's done. Mm. Now, if someone comes in, "Uh, we want to write for full price. I'm like, yeah, well, that's a low ball. (laughs) That's not going to (laughs) work. I mean, I'm writing offers 50,000 over 300,000 and mm. not getting them. So it's crazy right now. Mm. Is that, is that a, give us like a, I know every, every house in every situation is different, but the, the general, is it taking a day, a week, a month? Like what's kind of the timeline of how, how quick these are, these are popping when they do come on the market? Oh, so if a house comes on the market, it's usually sold. Like I like to bring it on Wednesday or Thursday as a listing agent and we have 10 or 12 offers, um, constant showings. Like we tell our clients, just go out of town for the weekend. Your house is just (laughs) going to be a revolving door and we'll have 10 offers for you to look at when you come home. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And, and Jackie goes back to our last conversation about how to prepare and educate and, and make sure members are in a place from a process perspective to be ready to go when those come on the market. Yeah, so the biggest thing that they can do is get pre-approved. Last time we talked about the difference between pre-qualification and pre-approval. It's really important that they go through the full pre-approval process. So barring any unforeseen circumstances, like a change in their financial situation, they are going to be able to get that loan. And then just to speak to what Jane said about, you know, offering over asking price, the other thing that buyers need to be aware of and prepare for is that if that home does not appraise, for whatever they offer, an appraisal is required for that particular loan. They have to be prepared to make up the difference in cash. So that's huge for a lot of buyers. That's a lot of money. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. And it's just been a mind shift, really, because uh, even three months ago, I was like, oh my gosh, I would never let somebody do that. And now it's kind of common. Um, You take some of your down payment and put it towards the appraisal gap. I keep thinking that's going to shift to where we'll check up in the market or, you know, the prices will be higher um, and they'll just appraise at that. But we still are seeing some that are appraising low. If, if inventory doesn't increase, what do you, I know that's a, it's a tough question to answer, Jane, but if inventory doesn't increase, will that, will there be continued pressure on price or, or what do you think will, will happen this spring if inventory does not increase? That is a hard answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping yeah. it will increase. Um, I don't know. I just keep encouraging buyers and sellers to get in the market because if Mm. we get the sellers selling, they move up to the next and then the buyers can find something. But it is crazy. It's too, it's it's a big shortage right now. And that's hard to encourage sellers to get into the market because with such a shortage, they're afraid that they're not going to be able to get into another home. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a real, it's a real conundrum as they say right I mean if if you're wanting to sell and realize you've got equity or the market's hot and you can sell for a, a premium maybe even over where it was a, a couple of years ago then you have to then go 
buy. <laughs> so yeah, your, right. your mindset shifts real quickly from capitalizing on it being a seller's market or inventory being low to then going, oh, wait, now I have to go. And we have a lot of people moving from the coast into the Midwest. So, I mean, we just have an extra slew of buyers right now that need homes. Yeah. Let's, let's go through a, a little bit around setting expectations for the, the, the buyer he, here in part of this journey. So if let, let's use a, maybe a specific example. If, if your budget and you're wanting to stay in, in or below a $300,000 home, um, what, what, how do you help buyers when they say, Hey, I want to be at 300,000? Well, that's a great question because I do prepare my buyers when they start looking, if they're pre-approved for 300,000, um, I say, we need to start your search at 250. We really can't look much over 275 because we won't be competitive and they can get really frustrated if they are looking at $300,000 homes and, you know, they offer 300,000 thinking, oh my gosh, this is a great offer. And I'm like, okay, there was 12 other offers, 25 to 50,000 over that. So it's frustrating. Yeah. And, and you put yourself in the seat of a buyer and you're, you've looked at a lot of houses online. You've looked, you've driven neighborhoods, you've had a, you know, you've gone to the Reese Nichols website or Zillow or wherever else. And you've started to maybe even become emotionally attached to a certain right. idea or concept or, um, or, or specific neighborhood or whatnot. But, and, and, but buyers don't have the, at least maybe Jane helped me understand more. Buyers don't have the insights of what a house may have closed for. So if the house they thought was going to be listed at two ninety nine, like, well, I, I want, I want that house, but we, they might not have the information of what it actually closed for. So I bet, I bet that's a some somewhat of a tricky area to navigate for you. Right. And when we look at comps, like, because when they find a house they like, then I'll run comps in that neighborhood and show them, okay, this one listed at 250 went for 300. This one listed at 275 went for 325 or whatever. Um, and so we can kind of educate them that way. Um, but it is, it is interesting because you keep thinking we're going to be able to price the homes eventually where they sell, but it hasn't gotten there yet. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't because then they won't sell because if you price it at 325, the buyers that buy 325 aren't looking there, you know? Mm. So it's, it's just a, it's an interesting, uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. All around Jackie, how does that specific dynamic then play out with the credit union and the, in your loan officer team? I mean, is it a, Hey, I, we were pre-approved up to th 300, but then now I've got to come back and adjust the, the letter. Like, how does that process work? Yeah, we just encourage open dialogue with um, the borrowers and the agents that are working with us. So, you know, as they start out in their home search, they may start to realize that maybe they need to be looking at a different price point. So we're always open to, you know, looking at those numbers for them, um, rerunning, underwriting, redoing the pre-approval. Anything that we can do on our end to help the member be successful and win that offer is something that we would like to do. But it does start you do have to educate them to, you know, kind of going back to offering over asking about the appraisal. S some loan types will allow for appraisal waiver, but a lot of them won't. And sometimes it depends on their credit score, how much down payment they're putting down, just the overall strength of their credit application. So we may not know up front if they're going to get an appraisal waiver or not. 
Um, but we do have to prepare them for worst case scenario. So again, if you're going to offer over asking, you have to be prepared to put down extra money. Yeah, that's well said. Jana, be curious. Um, I know there's lots of buyers in the market and smaller or limited inventory, but generally speaking, who, what types of, what are the big groups of people that are in the market right now looking to buy? I think it's the first time home buyers. Um, there's a ton of them. Luckily they're patient. They don't have to sell anything. Um, well, we hope they're patient. (laughs) They need to be patient. Um, the market's forcing them to be patient. right, exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, one the ones that are super specific and picky or whatever, they're going to wait, maybe even a couple years. Um, but it's it's interesting as an agent. I if I can get one under contract a weekend, you know, because I'll write five contracts for five different buyers or whatever. But if Gosh. I get one of them, I'm like encouraged. I'm like, okay, good, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> I can make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's just crazy. It is, but. You know, to what Jackie was saying also, um, the relationship between the agent and the lender um, is so important because, you know, people come in with these chain lenders that you don't have anyone in in your court or whatever. You can't for, even, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. can't even talk to them in the evenings and weekends, and that's when everything's happening, you know, or you, you get a different person every time you call the main line. But um, to be able to communicate, and, and Jackie and I have worked together on many deals, and it, it was just so nice to be able to have me, Jackie, and the buyers all in communication. And I think a lot of buyers don't realize that. They come in and they're like, oh, yeah, I just have this bank, whatever, and um, my parents told me to use it, and da 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 But there was never that um, personal touch, that service part of it. And I think that's what is really important for buyers right now. Yeah, one of the best parts of my job was just being part of that team. Mm-hmm. It's just so rewarding when you and the agent and the buyer can all work together to get that offer accepted. Yeah, I know, and we'd be so happy we'd all meet up at the title company at closing and Jackie, me, and the buyers, and they'd be like, wow, everybody's here. I'm like, yeah, this was huge. <laughs> it takes a yeah. powerhouse team to get it through. That's that's awesome. Um, I love that. Again, I know there's lots of nuance here, but generally speaking, what are y'all seeing in terms of the timeline or the length from like, hey, first either reached out to get pre-approval or kind of first started shopping, whatever, whatever piece goes first. What's the rough timeline people should expect in this market? Well, it's interesting. Jackie and I had a client that... Um, actually took two years. Um, We loved them and we worked with them. They were very specific on what they needed. And, you know, they had a school system and things Mm. like that that they needed to be. So we were just very patient. And it it was amazing when we finally got to the closing table with them. And they are amazing people. Um, But you know what? When I see people who aren't as specific in what they want and they can broaden their area of where they want to purchase... three to four months, maybe 10 to 12 offers on different houses before they get under contract. Man. (laughs) (laughs) I write a lot of contracts. I'm like down to 15 minutes, I think is what it takes me. Um, I'm curious to hear more about that, uh, the offer writing process. What does that look like? Well, okay. Especially as it relates to what the buyer needs to know. Yeah, this is, this is interesting because you want an agent that has a process for sure. Um, And you don't realize as a buyer, what all it takes. Um, So I will literally call the agent the first, even before we enter the house, I will call the agent, what's your deadline? Do you have offers yet? 
you know, what are you hearing? Da da da. I'm Jane Coppinger. I'm really good at this. I'm, you know, I'm going to advocate and I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. And I'm really good at my paperwork, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. You're you make best friends. Sell, you're yeah. telling the sellers. I have to sell myself. Okay. Too. Yeah. 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 And then, um, you know, you just have to make things as easy as possible for the seller. Like I've had, we've offered, um, you know, just the numbers and all that. But in addition, it's like, okay, how about if we close on a Thursday, but you don't have to move out until Monday, you get the weekend to move out. Would that be attractive to you? Or what is your ideal close date? Or, you know, you just find out anything. I've had somebody put a dumpster in a driveway and say, you know, if you want to clean out, I'll bring you a dumpster and then I'll haul it away. You know, whatever it takes to be creative right now is what people are doing. So, um, but then when I write my offer, um, I make sure I have a summary because, you know, these agents are getting 10 and 12 offers or more. So I write a summary sheet that has um, every term, detail, everything listed out so they don't have to dig through the contract to just, you know, whatever. And then I make sure my contracts are perfect. Everything is dotted and teed and whatever, cross your T's. Mm. Um, But we're seeing like a normal offer right now has um, an in its present condition addendum, which that means buyers are taking these homes as they are. They're not even asking for repairs anymore. I mean, the common one is I will do inspections, but only for, you know, my ability to know what's going on. And if there's something huge that I can't deal with, I can cancel, Mm. you know, and then we're also seeing some that say I will do inspections, but I I can't even cancel. And then some, the third box says um, I won't even do inspections. Jeez. Yeah. So that makes the offer really strong. Then, as Jackie was saying, we have the appraisal waiver, the gap um, waiver, where they'll offer maybe 5000 over what the price is. Um, or they'll offer way over, but then they'll say, we'll bridge the gap ten thousand up to $10,000 or, or things like that. So they're taking their down payment and putting it towards the appraisal gap, like we said before. Um, escalation clauses, we're seeing a lot of those. Um, a lot of sellers are like, we don't like that. Just come in final and best, which... You know, I don't know what's the best way of doing it. We kind of just do it however we feel the the moment is working. Or if the seller allows it, like I said, if the seller doesn't allow it, you can't do it. But I run a lot of comps just to see if it will appraise, if I feel like it'll appraise. Um, then I am like, okay, I feel comfortable that you can write it 50000 over because it will appraise. I have three comps right here that prove that. Are there scenarios or examples that either of you have had where you've – instructed a buyer to to not go forward in a in a scenario that they may have fallen in love with a certain house or idea or or at least had some strong because Jackie I remember our previous conversation about having the responsibility to help them make wise decisions (laughs) um (laughs) so are, are are there times when you're going hey pump the brakes a bit I've had a buyer who got so upset because they'd lost so many and they just wanted a house and so we went under contract on this one and literally she was crying at inspections and I'm like this isn't the right one you know it's like we we can get out of this right now and move on but yeah there are times when you're just like you know I don't think this is checking the boxes are you jumping to and you do see the buyers that are they write the contract and they're so excited and they're like oh my god I, I made a mistake like I brought a listing on um couple weeks ago and I had to I waited until Sunday I brought it on Thursday waited till Sunday to stop showings and thank goodness I did because two of the best contracts pulled out because they changed their mind so that's another thing is like let's wait a few days sleep on it you know usually they don't go under contract the same day and get accepted yeah yeah and it's nice that you 
sometimes can allow for that time to pass um, because there are buyers out there that they feel like they have to make a decision so quick, and they do, they still do, um, but that, that can lead to buyer's remorse, yeah. for sure. Yeah. How about, real quick, the, the other lens, if you're a seller, how, how are you all encouraging sellers to think about what's next for them? I know we touched on it briefly earlier, but um, are there ways to help sellers prepare to be buyers in this market? Well, that's a good one too, because you can't be contingent in this market. You can't have a house for sale that's not under contract and past inspections and appraisal. So you have to, you know, and then you're, you've got two weeks to find a house. Mm -hmm. And so it's scary. So I mean, if they can rent or if you can get a buyer to say, I'll give you 30 days after appraisal to find a home or 60 days, I've been seeing that also. Mm. Um, so the buyers are so desperate that they're allowing the seller to stay in the home. And that is helpful. And on the lending side, we're seeing a lot of second or third time home buyers that are looking to get into the market where they want us to run those scenarios both ways. So they want us to look at a non-contingent scenario and then a contingent offer. But typically, they're almost always going to have to go with that non-contingent to be competitive. Yeah, that's great. It, it, it just, it seems really clear that, and Jane, you said it so well earlier, the, the relationship, kind of that triangle relationship between the agent, the lender, and the buyer, and having open, healthy, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The the dialogue. dynamic dialogue, mm -hmm. yeah, the dynamic dialogue, just that that relationship, because things literally are changing by the moment. <laughs> right, and I did. I had a buyer recently. They relocated to Kansas City, and um, they didn't have a local lender. And they were like, "This is so frustrating. Why does it have to be?" And I said, "You know, it really doesn't have to be." So that's the thing. I'd love to just tell all buyers: it doesn't have to be frustrating. Um, I mean, it is frustrating, but that part of it does not have to be frustrating. I love it. Okay, let's um, let's let's kind of round third here. Um, in terms of maybe some three key takeaways or, or a few takeaways, maybe it doesn't have to be exactly three, but would love to know as folks have listened to this as they're thinking about their own buying journey. What are what are the hey you have to really pay attention to these? What are a couple of big takeaways? I'll say it one yeah. more time: get yeah. pre-approved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing you can do. Um, the second thing I would recommend, you know, as much as possible, save up in case you need to put more money down to make up that appraisal gap, um, and just be prepared for a longer shopping process. Right. Lots of offers written. Don't get too excited on the first one. Most people don't get that first one. Like I said, it could be five, seven, ten offers. Um, have a real estate agent like your lender that is advocating for you, that knows the market, knows what's going on right now. Um, <clears throat> I know everyone knows 10, 20 real estate agents, but there are some that provide full service. And that's where, that's what you need right now, I feel like. Well said, both of you, great job. Uh, what resources are available specifically at Community America, Jackie, that, that may assist buyers on this journey? couple different ways. Um, the member can stop in at their closest branch and ask to speak to the mortgage representative that covers that branch. We don't have a loan officer in every single branch, but we do have pretty good coverage. And then the second way, they can call the mortgage line, and that's 913-905-3799. Awesome. 
Jane, Jackie, thank you both for sharing your wisdom. I know it's it's crazy out there looking for a house, so we we appreciate you walking walking us through uh, the the what what the current market looks like and 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 equipping our members for the best possible outcome. So thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. This podcast is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. This recording is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to replace the advice of a loan representative or financial advisor. The examples provided are for illustration purposes only and may not apply to your situation. Since every situation is different, we recommend speaking to a loan representative or financial advisor regarding your specific needs. All loans are subject to approval. You may also want to contact your tax advisor for additional tax implications. Any reference to third-party websites are provided for information purposes only and are not endorsed by Community America. Community America is an equal housing lender. Please visit communityamerica.com to learn more about how we can assist you in achieving your financial peace of mind.